Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for May 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I am the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. Let me tell you something. This could be one of the best episodes we have ever had. We have my boy Gino coming on, telling you what to bet in the Kentucky Derby. We have my boy USFL Jim coming on, telling you what to bet in the USFL. Nick coming on, telling you the fantasy football players to look at. Him and I are going to continue our draft. We're going to be on round three of our fantasy football draft. We have Kyle, a.k.a. the DFS Bachelor, coming on. We're going to tell you the bets to lock in for UFC 288. And Brandon is coming on. And guess what Brandon and I are going to do? We're going to talk NASCAR. We hit Truex last week. So, like I said, loaded episode, horse racing, football, UFC, you name it, we have it. But I need to talk some NBA, folks. If you guys have been following my NBA stuff, Gino and I have a show called Fast Break Bets that comes out Monday through Friday, 5 p.m., and then noon on Saturday and Sunday. Those times are Eastern. Let me tell you something. If you've been following our bets you have been cashing. It has been an absolute monster run that uh, we have been having. I have been having. Uh, perfect two dates ago. We lost Golden State first quarter, but we hit Golden State first half in game. And I got three bets that I like tonight that I'll be giving them out on the show. No, actually, four bets and one 33-1 player prop I love. So make sure to check that out. It's been a great NBA season. Looked at continuing strong. I need to do talk about some NBA a little bit. Giannis. Look, Milwaukee's in a tough straight. Drew could be retiring. Middleton may walk. Lopez may walk. They're not making this coaching move unless they talk to Bud. Unless they get the okay from Bud to move. Excuse me. From Giannis to move on from Bud. Excuse me. They're not going to do that unless they get that okay. And they obviously did, because they're not going to make a move like that unless you have your superstar player sign on. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see who they go after. I really think Giannis does need to get that go-to post-up move. Once he gets that, we will see him take his game to the next level. He just needs that move where he can rely on to score some easy points. Once he gets that you know what, we're going to see him take that next jump in his game. And oh my God, I cannot wait for us to see Giannis take that next jump. But like I said, that is my little rant on the NBA. You know, great, great time. Oh yeah, one more thing. Where are all these people that said I was an idiot when I was said Jordan Poole can't play? Where are all these guys? Because it's funny to me, because we see Cowherd. Cowherd, and I can't stand Cowherd. Cowherd has me blocked because I called him out for his outrageous Tua takes. He was saying how the Warriors should trade Klay Thompson last year to have Jordan Poole be there. Now he's saying Jordan Poole sucks. Dude, I was telling you Jordan Poole sucks last year, but no one was listening to old Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico is ahead of the curve. And all this information is yours for free, guys. Honestly, it kind of it always blows me away. We see these people selling picks and everything. And you see their ROI, and then you have old Uncle Rico here just giving everything away for free, and no one's putting up these numbers, and no one knows the stuff that I know. So if you're not tailing the bets, I guess you don't like money. Like I said, enough touting myself. We have a phenomenal show. My boy Gino is coming on, and he's going to tell you what 
to lock in for the Kentucky Derby. Let's see what Gino has a cooking for us. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to be talking some Kentucky Derby. And Gino has come on the podcast to talk some Derby picks. Gino, how you doing today, my man? Good, man. It's been a crazy day in the last 24 hours. There have already been three horses scratched out of the Kentucky Derby. Rumors that another horse or two may end up being scratched in the morning, but nothing's been official. So usually in the like the weeks leading up, you'll you'll see a couple horses that get hurt along the way. But all within the last 24 hours, three already out and possibly more. A lot of a lot of drama, lots of things changing. So all those three also eligibles are now in. And if anyone else scratches, there are no more also eligibles. So it'll be a, a less than 20, a less than 20 size field. Now you mentioned there's a rumor that one of the favorites could be scratch. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, just some um, not great uh, news surrounding uh, Forte, who's the morning line favorite. And I'm, I don't know anything, just again, rumors, nothing's been confirmed uh, anywhere, but what's happened so far this week at Churchill Downs, they've had a couple horses that have already gone down. Um, they've already had to ban one trainer um, and have him scratch all, all of his horses that were in different races over the last few days. I think with what happened the last couple of years with Bob Baffert, the fact that he's still dealing with like litigation and was challenging the ruling, um, they're going to be very careful about any horses that look like they have anything close to an injury uh, in letting them run. So I, I would just imagine that if there's anything that seems like it's, you know, a 50, 50 call, they're going to side on the, uh, the, the side of caution. Now, you know, you came on my show earlier in the week, you said you were kind of on the fence. You really don't have a strong opinion. The horse I liked is the 17 Dharma. I'm not even going to pronounce Derma it. Sotagake. You're great with names, so you would have loved this one. Um, yeah, this is a horse from Japan. This is a horse who won the UAE Derby. We've never seen a horse from Japan win the Kentucky Derby. But over the last few years, we've really seen um, the Japanese bred horses win some of the biggest races in the world. Uh, just this year, they won the Saudi World Cup and the Dubai World Cup. And the, some of the reason why is uh, it's like anything, Eric. The more you you start from the ground up, right? There's no just magic formula. What you have to do is they bought a lot of really good stallions and really good breeding operations. And they set it up from the ground floor and they developed really strong horses. They bred them. They trained them well, just like at you as a coach, right? The way that you prepare your players is, you know, how they become the best. And now Japan has done that. They have a legitimate shot here with this horse, Derma Sotogake. He And he's not just a, like one-dimensional. He has speed. He can close. He can pass. This is a legitimate horse. Some of the people that I know that, made, that make speed figures, sometimes it's difficult to compute how a horse running in races in Japan or in different countries will stack up to races here with the different racetracks, the different style, the different speed, everything. Uh, because this is a Kentucky Derby, a uh, couple folks who make figures for Timeform US to do a really great job there. They put a lot of time in to trying to translate those figures that Derma Sotogake has run. And they wanted to be really cautious and just kind of conservative with them. Said this horse really fits. Like he fits with this group. If it's a group that I don't feel like there's a standout, this is the year 
that it could be a horse from Japan that could do it because it's going to happen soon, Eric. And like anything, you want to get in front of the trend before it it's not even really a trend or anything. Nobody cares about it anymore, right? Now, he's coming out of the 17 hole. Now, this may be a silly question. Let's say if horses scratch, do they, you know what I mean? Like, he just moves he down. Move, does he move closer? The horses to the outside, they just move to the, the horses that are on the also eligibles list, they get put on the outside. So everybody else is come, comes inside. And uh, they, they all come down one. They stay now, the same number, but they just come down one in the stall. So they get a little bit better post. Now, isn't it but, if you don't want anything 15 and out? Is that like so? Here, here's what's what has changed. I'm glad you asked. It was a good question. They used to have a setup where there were it was auxiliary gate, they would have multiple gates, right? Because so, they didn't have a starting gate that was big enough to have all 20, but that's not the case anymore the last few years. So if you're looking at statistics that are like that, where they show certain spots, like the 17 spot. I don't think has ever had a winner, but there have been winners just inside and just outside. It's not as if all of the horses from 15 and out can't win because they're so wide. It's just sort of a fluky thing. And I think the fact that there's not the same starting gate that there used to be, some of those statistics might be irrelevant in the Derby. You can get in trouble from anywhere. I think if you like your horse, unless there was a specific horse that maybe you really liked that drew the one, and they had a certain style. There wasn't too much based on the post position draw that bothered me. Or if, if I were to like one horse, it wouldn't have really um, made me change my opinion because of where they drew. Now I'm a pick five. I'm a pick four player. Um, what are the horses that I have to have? If I said, Gino, I need, I, I have money for th- three horses in my last leg. What are they? Dermasodagake, who we just mentioned. The other one for me would be Two Fills for sure. Uh, Two Fills is a horse who has always been pretty good. He has a really good win at Churchill Downs last year as a two-year-old. And then in his first couple starts this year, he did not run poorly. Um, He went onto the synthetic at Turfway, and that was when he had a big win last time out. He's training really well. I don't think it's just a synthetic thing for him. I feel like he's just moving in the right direction. Two Fills and Derma Sotagake are my one, two. Those are my two must use horses. I'll give you another horse. Who's a little bit of an outsider. And uh, I think you're going to like this one. My friend Skinner, who has a new jock jumping aboard Juan Hernandez from out here in Southern California. Uh, Juan Hernandez is a a jockey that a lot of people may not know nationally. Uh, If you play Southern California, you know him because he's been really good for the last few years. He was the leading jockey against John Velasquez, Flavian Pratt and Frankie, the Tory, some really, really good jockeys earlier this year. He absolutely destroyed them. He's going to jump on Skinner for the first time. Skinner has been training really well in the mornings. When I watched this horse, Eric, he was a horse who was out here in Southern California. He was in a lot of races in smaller fields and he was behind practical move a couple times. Practical move had a scratch today. He was one of those horses. He has a fever, so he won't be running. And in each of the races, practical move would get a great trip. He'd get a really nice opening up the rail and Skinner would have to come from really far back, have to go wide and he would close and make up a lot of ground and there wouldn't be a lot between the two of them. I think in a race like this, 
where it's a bigger field. Skinner can just sort of drop back and he just, he just needs them to go fast up front. And if they do, he will come closing. I like him uh, and, and we'll definitely be using him in some exotic. So Dermasotagake, two fills and Skinner would be the three for me. So last year when you came on and my boy, Dan, our boy, Dan still talks about this. You said, take the favorite, which I'm spacing on the horse's name from last year's Kentucky Derby. Um, put him boom at one. Epicenter. Was that epicenter? Yeah. Epicenter put epicenter, then everyone under epicenter and then yep. flip it everyone. And then epicenter at number two, but it kind of feels with how you feel about this race. It's not as cut and dry and that wouldn't be a good bet to place. Yeah. It's a little different because right now still, out like you're not exactly sure what to do with Forte. Um, we'll see what happens in the next you know day or so. What I would do that with is maybe with the horse. If you really like one horse, um, maybe put all over that horse or one or two horses, right? So for me, like we we're saying, uh, Derma Sotagake and two fills. Maybe I play an, an exacta where I play all over those two. And not necessarily the favorite, but the horses that you like the most. And you put them in the second spot and you catch a bomb on top. Yeah. You also, you also play another, you also play the flip way too, right? So that way, if the horses you have win, win, and then a crazy long shot comes in second, that would be great. So you play it that way. If you particularly like one horse, so for you, it would be Derma Sotagake. You could do all over Derma Sotagake in an exacta and then play another one where you go derma sotagake over all. So if yeah. he wins and then a crazy long shot runs second, you know, you have the whole field. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now something that we did last year and I love doing these big races. I'm going to pull up bet online. They do these head to head matchups. Now we, you gave out two of them last year. Both of them hit. Let's see what we got cooking this year. Um, we don't know what's going on with Forte, so we're just gonna kind of. If it was, and 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 for the record, that one, I mean, I don't like taking minus three ninety five, but I would absolutely take the field versus Forte. And so, let's say for the purpose of this conversation we're having, every horse that we're gonna talk about that's still declared in the field, we're gonna talk about them like they're fine and running. Okay. Because it's hard to speculate. Like if if you bet any of these matchups and Forte's not in the race, it's refunded. It's refunded. And for the purpose of how the race unfolds, he's not like a crazy speed horse. Him coming out of the race won't really change the complexion of the race. It'll make other horses shorter prices a little bit overall, but it it won't really change the way the race is run. I gotcha. So we got Forte against Tappet Trice. Tappet Trice plus 135. Forte minus 155. Yeah, I think I like Tappet Trice uh, there. Tappet Trice has actually taken a big step forward um, from his last two starts. What I like was Tappet Trice is really sort of quirky. Um, he's kind of his own worst enemy. He's like a, a really talented player, uh, like a prospect who hasn't maybe grown into their body yet, but he's starting to, and he feels like his mind's figuring things out in his most recent race in the bluegrass. He had a slowish start, and he kind of usually does that, but then 
His jockey asked him to move and he moved real quick and he got in a good spot. And then he sat and he relaxed and they asked him to move and he moved again, like closer into a good spot. And then he, he asked him again and he moved and he sort of wore down verifying and verifying got the most perfect trip you could have asked for. Verifying was supposed to win that race. Tappet Trice was supposed to finish second that day. I think he's getting better. I think his mind is improving uh, as well. And as, as soon as that catches up with his body, he may have like the most upside, maybe him and like a Derma Sotogake of, of like, any horse in this field as far as if they were to all show up and run their best races with their A game, I think Tappet Trice would win. Oh, oh. The, the, pro, the only concern is it's tough to count on his A game. Because he yeah, kind of will on him bringing the best, you know, but if he gets a good trip and like, he's, he's starting to loom up, he's going to be scary. It's kind of like old school Katino Mobley. You don't know what Mobley you're going to be getting. You don't, yep. you don't know what Mobs you're getting. You, um, never know. you never know. Angel empire. And then my guy. Derma. DS. Yeah. I like Derma in that, in that a lot as a, a plus plus one fifty for sure. Angel empire Kings barn. I mean, I don't really like the value on either of them. I, I I would prefer Angel of Empire over Kings Barnes with the two of them, but I wouldn't really play that one based on the value. Um, verifying and Kings Barn. I like verifying there. Um, verifying is drawn down in number two. I don't think that'll really hurt him too much because he has a good amount of speed. The horse right next to him doesn't really have very much speed. Um, I think that horse will drop back. Verifying should kind of go forward but he doesn't need to be on the lead. I'd like to see him sitting right behind. So I could see him as long as the rail doesn't get him in trouble or being down close to the rail, he could sort of get out of trouble and stay close. I, I'm not really all that sold on Kings Barnes, right? Um, so I'm, I'm verifying in that one. Now, what on these head-to-head matchups, because you play more of these than I do, What's your price point you won't go over on a head-to-head? Probably like minus two, two fifty, two two fifty or so. Okay. I just wouldn't. If it's something that's like that, I'd find a I'd find a different way to play it than just laying the two fifty, right? Because especially in a race like this in the Derby, like horse could just miss the break. Any of these horses could not. get stuck in trouble, and then like it's, it's just completely out the window. So if in let like. Just make sure on these are fun to play. I always get involved in a couple of these head to heads. Just make sure you like the value is right for you. Take a take a swing at a few of them. Don't necessarily lay really really big numbers on these. Uh verifying and two fills. Two fills is getting plus one fifteen. Man, absolutely two fills there. Yeah, really like that one. That's my favorite one on the board so far. Two fills and confidence game. I haven't heard much about confidence. Game. Yeah, two fills for me too. Confidence game. The problem with him, he hasn't run since February. Um, he was supposed to run like once or twice in a couple different spots, like weather. Um, then they wanted to give him a little bit more time. Then they decided instead of running closer to the Derby, they'd rather have a horse who's a little fresh. So they waited on him. Um, they trained him in the morning very, very well to get a lot of fitness and stamina into him. But not only will he have the layoff, he's going to have to improve on top of that. Like he's raced a lot, so he has some seasoning. I just don't know if his races that he's run so far are good enough to win it. So he has to improve on top of not having raced since February. Meg and Mage. Confidence, Mage, excuse me, Mage and Confidence game. 
I I go mage in there for sure. Uh, yeah, that one's that one's playable. Of minus one twenty five. The only problem with mage, he's another one of those horses. He's kind of like a little slow starter sometimes, but he's super talented. And uh, it, it, if again, if he stays out of trouble, he could run a really big race. Um, Skinner and Mage. This is kind of a fun one. Um, probably lean Skinner slightly, but that yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. They're, they're the the value on both of them. It's pretty it's pretty accurate, I'd say. Skinner and Hit Show. Definitely Skinner there. I wouldn't want to go too much higher with Skinner though, as far as laying money. But uh, I I prefer him over Hit Show at, at that price for sure. Rocket can and continue continue ours out. Uh, they just announced right now. So uh, he was a Japanese horse. They wanted to announce um, in front of the Japanese media. You and I are recording. By a, they announced about 45 minutes, an hour ago. Not Yeah, so it's um, pretty fresh. Reincarnate and Jace's, Jace's Road. I'd lean Reincarnate. Both of them are speed horses. I just don't like Jace, the way Jace's Road is, is going. He feels like he's sort of moving in the wrong direction right now. So I'd prefer Reincarnate there. Disarm and Raise Keen. Eh, not really a fan of either of them that much. So I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really dive into that one. Rocket can and Cyclone Mischief. Cyclone Mischief drew in today on the also eligibles list. Um, I'd lean Rocket can there. Um, I, I don't like, th- I don't think either of these horses could win. I do think Rocket can could like, he could clunk up into third or fourth. Um, My boy and King Derma. Derma, Derma. Sure. I, need, I need to get my horse right, dude. If I, this yeah. is the horse I'm betting on. Derma, yeah. and Derma Sodagake. Derma Sodagate and King's Barn. Yeah, you're getting it. It's just the uh, go, uh, Derma Soda and then Gake. The last part is a K E. So K, uh, Sodagake. Sodagate. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I like him in the King's Barn one. Below that, Hit Show and Disarm. No real strong opinion there. And then the bottom one, continue ours out. So out of these, the one that you'd probably say you'd like the most was, it was up here, two fills over verifying. Yep. Mage over confidence game is a good one. Two fills over verifying is the one I like most. Verifying over King's Barnes is fine. Uh, Derma over Angel of Empire, probably my second favorite one on there. Um. Now real quickly... Wet paint forte double twelve to one. Now, the the problem with both of like forte, he could absolutely win. He's like he just doesn't like tower over this field as as you would want for a favorite in a race like the Kentucky Derby. Wet paint has been very good, but she is a stone cold closer, and and she's gonna have to face probably the three or four like best filly she's ever faced all in this race at the same time, and she's gonna have to run by probably all of them. So I, I, I go no on that one. And now I hate these, so we're not going to do it, but I wanted to get your opinion on them. When they have three of them with the best finishing position, I feel when you have three, there's too many variables. Yeah. Uh, that one, I would, that of that group, I definitely like Derma though. I actually think that's not bad value on Derma Sotogake of the three with Kings Barn and with verifying. Um, two fills plus 175. Yeah. That's not bad with fills either. Um, the next group of three, I don't really love either of those groups of three, really. What yeah, about the top two would be okay. Cox to train the Kentucky Derby winner plus 350, yes. Well, 
you and I are hoping no, because if it's Derma Sotogake, it's not yeah. Brad, it's not Brad Cox. Uh, I also let, let me just the three horses I gave you are not yeah. Brad Cox horses. So for me, at least, I'm hoping it's not. I mean, he obviously could. You go from hit show verifying. Um, trying to think of who got scratched today. If any of his Jace's Road, Angel of Empire, and um, yeah, that's yeah the 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 Coxes those those four. And then the last two. Winning distance over or under one and a half lengths. Yeah, I'd say under. I just don't think it's a group that has any monsters and there's not all that much separation between them. That's why I give a horse like uh, Derma Sotogake from Japan a, uh, a look in here. And then the last one over under two minutes, two minutes, one second, and 30 seconds. I hate the, I wouldn't play that because the weather, it could be raining things could change. And then that sort of goes out the window because they change the track. They scrape it up a little bit. They try to get the water off. So time stuff I would steer, I would steer clear of because those could change a little bit too many variables. I think with those. Gino, I'd like to thank you for coming on one quick question. Best bet of the Kentucky Derby. Like what, what, what is your bet? Are you going to bet to win? Are you going to bet across the board, Bet a head to head? If you if you could only place one bet, what would the bet be that you placed? Yeah, I'm gonna play the two horses that I, I said Derma Sotogake and two fills. I'll probably wait because now with a couple of the scratches, we'll see what the prices will be. I think two fills will probably be the horse I end up betting to win. But any like you, any sort of pick fours, pick fives, I'll have a lot of them with those two horses. Then I'll have some where I add in horses like Skinner probably throw some mage in and tap it trice on some tickets, maybe verifying here or there. Those are some of the underneath horses. If you're looking for a real crazy long shot to include sun thunder will be on a couple of my tickets, uh, at least underneath. He had some sneaky trouble trips and he's probably going to be like 50 to one. I got one of the biggest prices uh, on the board. Oh. So um, yeah, he might be fun to at least throw in, um, you know, in the bottom of your exact dozen tries. Now, the horses that you say you like are probably going to be 10 to one or higher. I'm guessing just looking at the board right now, will you just play to win like two fills? Like if two fills, let's say is like 13 to one, will you just play them to win or since it's the Kentucky Derby where these, the place and the show will be a little bit more of a payout. Will you pay them across or just, this play to win. No, I usually don't play of horses across the board. I'm usually a, just a win player for the most part. If I, if I like horses like that, I'll try to get them in exact as in tries versus playing them to place and to show. Um, I think it just sort of deludes your win money. And I think there's better, you can make more money playing them in other ways than just playing them to place or to sh uh, place or to show. Gino, I'd like to thank you for coming on during halftime of your, of your boys. You yeah. Know? So, no worries. Uh, no worries, man. Anything you need anytime. It's not as if you've, uh, you haven't helped me many, many a times. So everyone, please give my boy Gino a follow at it's me, Gino B on Twitter. He has a podcast that comes out at the beginning of the week and then Thursday and Friday, Gino and I, every single day, there's an NBA game. We're going to be live on fast break bets. It always take, I always, if I go too fast, when I say that, I always, yeah. I always mess it up. Yep. So we're going to be live on fast break bets Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. And then Saturday and Sunday at noon. And in the 
description below, we have some promo codes for Thrive Fantasy and DRF. Make sure to click those links if you're watching on YouTube. Make sure to give my boy Gino a follow, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Please give my boy Gino a follow at It's Me, Gino B, on Twitter. Great guy, knows his stuff. He got me into this stuff. One of my best friends in the world. Please make sure you give him a follow. Also, him and I, we do a show called Fast Break Bets. If you are in Iowa, use promo code FAST100 when depositing at the DRF Sportsbook. And that way you get a nice little bonus via old Gino and old Eric. Make sure to check that out if you're in Iowa. Now, let's continue the podcast and let's talk some USFL with the man, the myth, the legend, XFL Jim. It's that time of the podcast where we're going to talk in some USFL. And who better to come on? Jim at XFL Jim on all social media. Jim, how you doing today, my man? Mm, I'm doing good. A week off of XFL. I, I teared up a little bit when I heard the news that they were taking the week off. I teared up when the schedule was announced and I saw it and I teared up this week. But good thing there's USFL to tie me over. And I think the XFL made a right decision just because just looking, there's no NBA playoffs. There's only two NHL games. There's not a UFC pay-per-view. There's not the Kentucky Derby. I think it was the right play to take the week off, hopefully get some more eyes on the game, and they can do a good job promoting it, hopefully, that way to get eyes on the product. Um, Originally pissed that they took a week off because I hate I hate that college does that. I hate when sports like usually take a week off, but now when it was put in context, when I really like sat down and looked at it, I was I thought it was a good idea, real good, real smart, big brain move. Makes sense. So we're gonna save that game for next week. We're not gonna talk about that game at all. We're just gonna talk. We're gonna dive into these USFL games. They're taking center stage, and we're gonna be referencing the line on referencing the lines. Excuse me on bet on line. This weekend's slate of games start off with the Houston Gamblers getting to plus 120 on the money line over under a 45 and a half. What say you, my friend? I say take the stars. I think this is a bounce back. I think this line is a little bit of an overreaction. I'm still not very high on the Gamblers roster overall. Yeah, they beat the Showboats, but I, I think the Showboats are the worst team in the league right now. And... And I think the Stars, they need to work something out. And this is kind of do or die. The North is pretty tight. They basically just, they need they need the win. And I think the Stars kind of bounce back here, get the win, and cover the spread. If this gets to three, would you still be confident in the Stars? Anything under three and a half, yes. Over, under, you like anything? Uh, so on spring fever, our show, I do have to pick every total. Um, if I were to pick a total in this one, I think I lean over just cause I could see it turn to a shootout, but I, I mean, I don't, the USFL totals have been kicking my ass. So probably not. I'm on the stars too. Like I said, any, I'm a, I'm with you any, but I'll do anything under three. Um, anything under three, I will take the stars. I'm actually going to lock in this two right now. So I'm going to be on the Stars minus the two as my first bet. Jim's going to be on the Stars minus two as well. Next bet, we are go- next game, interesting game here. You know, we got the Panthers coming off a real lackluster performance against the Generals last week, laying six against the Memphis Showboats. 
Memphis is a plus 200 on the money line, over under 44 and a half. Showboat sitting at 4-0. Todd Haley yelling at the opposing coach, seeing he was videotaping practice. And if they lose this game, the season's over. Excuse me, they're 0-3. Lose this game, the season's over. In my head, I have to play the showboats here. Where's your head at? My head's the exact opposite because I want to – all the pressure's on the showboats. The Panthers, again, bounce back spot. They looked flat against the Generals. I think they bounce back here. And any time – that when the showboats were the um, the bandits last year, anytime there was a game, like a must-win game, pressure on, they collapsed. And I think Todd Haley, as just a fuming bitch of a person, has a lot to do with that. I don't trust him, and I don't trust this team under pressure. Six is a lot. Six is a lot. But I'm going to take the Panthers. I'm going to take the team that I trust more, that seems a little bit more level-head, and the better defense. The, the Panthers' defense is still really, really good. Panthers defense is elite, no doubt about it. I'm just going to take the showboats here in the spot that they absolutely need to win this game. And if I'm not going to take them to win, I am just going to take them to cover that six. I feel that's a little too many points. That's a fair point. Um, Next game, going to the team that I do believe is the only undefeated team left. And I do believe it is the team that Jim and myself said, this is the team you need to lock the future in at five to one. The New Orleans Breakers laying two against the New Jersey Generals over under 48. What say you, my friend? Uh, this is a tough one. I think, first off, I think this is the game of the week. I think this game is awesome. I think this game is electric. I will be leaning towards the Breakers here, especially minus two. I just, the defense is so solid. They play to the level of their competition. So when the Breakers are playing these good teams, they just look better. Yep. I think the Breakers slip up against a team that we don't expect them to. I think they slip up against like the Showboats next week or when they play the Gamblers. I don't expect them to slip up against the best of the best. So I'm going to take the Breakers here minus two. I'm also going to take the fo- the over 48 in this matchup. Yes, I just said the Breakers defense is great and their defensive front is great. But they can score a lot of points. Their run game is fantastic. They're good in the red zone. Give me the breakers minus two. Give me the over 48. Like it. I like it a lot. But you know what? I'm not betting this game. I just don't. I don't I know. Do not blame you. I don't know. Like, I need to see a little bit more from the generals. I missed last week's game because I was at the draft. Um, breakers are, I'm believing the hype, but what's the point when we get to the breakers when they've reached their market limit? Like, when do we buy off? If they obviously boat race the generals here, I think next week's the day. When we have to buy off, I'm going to sit this one out, wait one more. I would probably lean to the under, though. I think 48 points is a lot of points. So, but it's a lot of points. You and I were talking about it on Spring Fever. Jim and I are live every single Wednesday at about 8:30, 8:45 Central Time, and we go through these games. We're talking, and we were talking about on that. We had a good conversation. You should check it out on Jim and I's YouTube channel. How while we're still on, up, while we're, while we're still on this game, can I give people a little bit of advice because I'm seeing something? Yeah, I'm looking at the futures right now. The Breakers are still plus 550, which is absurd. Uh, take that, and the Panthers are still six to one, which is absurd. Uh, take both of those, which is absurd. Take both of those right now. Lock those bad boys in. Absolutely love those, but we you would agree though that the scoring is up a lot this year. 
The points are up. I think just the level of play in general is up in the USFL this year. I think the year two jump has been very noticeable. I think every team's floor has has improved. Uh, we've seen the stars slip in these couple of weeks. We saw the generals not look great week one, but I think overall the league itself has just all the levels of the teams have just risen. And the last game closing out the slate, we have the stallions laying eight against the Pittsburgh Maulers, getting their first win of the year. Maulers plus two seventy on the money line over under 43. You got the Maulers coming off the win stallions coming off a loss, but it's over seven. Eight is a lot of points in a spring league game, especially when the Stallions don't have QB1 back there. Where's your head at with this one, Jimbo? They don't have QB1, but they did, like, they kept saying Magoo, they, I mean, depends how much you believe him. I think Magoo, skill-wise, is comparable, if not maybe a little better than Jamar Smith. The only thing that I loved about Jamar Smith that he gave the extra bit to this team is the emotion that he brought to the team. It's the little bit of intangible that he brings to the team where, I feel like everyone plays a little bit better with him on the roster, with him as a starter. I still like the Stallions as a team. They still have a lot of studs. I'm going to just fade the Maulers after the loss. This one hurts to do. I'm taking the Stallions minus eight. This was a tough one. These Sunday games, both Sunday games are tough. Both Sunday games are tough, and I'm going to be honest. I'm just sitting them out. I'm not I'm not betting the Sunday games. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea at all. I, I definitely like the Saturday games. I'll take the showboats and I'll take the stars as my only two bet bets. Jim, why don't you tell the people what you're on? You can find me everywhere at XFL Jim on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, all over. Uh, live streams every Saturday and Sunday for all the XFL and USFL games. Those are awesome. I'm doing a special one for the XFL championship game next weekend. I'm getting all the things ready for that. And, uh, you know, uh, lots of fun videos coming out. I just did a fun video with Blob from the, the Philadelphia Stars. It's a, it's a, it's a family, family podcast here, Jim. We're not going to, we're not going to. I'm just, I'm just, you don't have to elude what's in the video. It's just, it's, it's it's me. It's a family family podcast. It's me representing a mascot and just loving the the best mascot sports. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, Real quick before I let you go, I just want to, I'm seeing the Blue Bombers at plus 300. Yeah, take that. Um, let me just run through these because Canadian football starting up and Jim is the man for Canadian football. Uh, BC Lions plus 425. For me, it's really hard with... I don't... Yeah, don't touch no them. Our, our Argonauts plus 550. Do you trust Chad Kelly? Uh, 550, I do. I, th- I Do you trust Chad Kelly for a whole season is the question. I think he's a good quarterback. McLeod Bethel-Thompson was consistent, if not... I think the difference between McLeod Bethel-Thompson that you had last year and Chad Kelly that you have this year, and I think Chad Kelly's ceiling is higher. I think McLeod Bethel-Thompson might be more consistent, but I think Chad Kelly could do it. And at 550, I don't hate it. It's just hard. It's so hard to repeat in the CFL. The Bombers just made it look easy. That it's tough. 550 is not bad though. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind taking it at 550, but you might be able to get it. Like if they lose early on in the season, you might be able to get better odds. Tiger Cats plus 650. Uh, no, I mean, they looked real rough last year in spurts. I don't, I don't think I trust this team. I don't like it. Um, you know, then we got the Stampedes, uh, the Stamps and the Alouettes, both at like 700 and 750. I do like, yeah. 
Um, Rough Riders? Nope. Fuck it. No. Red that Wax, offensive yeah, line. If that if that offensive line maybe like improved drastically, it was it's so the offensive line was so bad. Quarterback maybe they improved a little bit. I don't know. Wait and see. I don't like this. I don't. I don't like the Rough Riders. Uh, Red Blacks, good, good draft, good draft. We went over it on spring. Hey, good draft, and basically at twelve to one, you're just kind of riding on um, Masoli being what he was promised and not getting hurt. I, I, I mean, twelve to one's not bad. And then Canadians team. Talk about the Elks, the Elks boy. Okay, I'm like the biggest Taylor Cornelius fan on the planet, and he's their starting quarterback. But damn it, this team is just—they—they they can't win. They—they they cover. They're—they're they're a covering machine. I love the Elks. They are a covering machine. They don't win. And uh, also for the Red Blacks, both they uh, qualifies for the Elks and Red Blacks. If you're skeptical, wait until either one of these teams wins a home game. It's been years. Since either one of these teams have won a home game, it is crazy. <laughs> so if you're if you're at all skeptical, hold off. The Red Blacks are basically just saying Masoli's the guy, and he doesn't get hurt. Twelve to one, I'll take those odds. But man, it's the Elks. I'll I'll bet them a lot to cover. I don't like them as a future pick. You know what? I'll probably take the Red Blacks, and I'll. I'll... Call, call me a stickler. I'll take the Tiger Cats plus six fifty. Oh, hey, I mean they're, they're like great home field advantage. They're a pretty good team, staunch defense. I just based on the the last year's taste is still in my mouth, and they disappointed just, me drastically. You're just with a little how bad salty. They looked. You're just a little salty, buddy. I get it. I get it. Jim, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone what you have coming out? I got some stuff cooking in the tank. I don't, I don't. I'm keeping things close to the vest right now, Eric. Are you going to be live streaming this weekend? The UFO I box? just said I was. But are you going to stream everything? Okay, I'm uh, up in the air. Up in the air. I well, this week, this week I'm streaming all the USFL games, and then also maybe some X League, some okay. Japanese football for the people okay. at home. Um, and then next weekend, we'll talk about that more on your show next week, but. I will be streaming the XFL championship game. Special stream for that one. And I'm up in the air whether or not I'm also going to stream USFL. I don't know yet. My man. I will be there checking it out. Jim, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk soon, my friend. Please give my boy Jim a follow at XFLGym on all social media. Before we shift our attention over to fantasy football, I just want to give a shout-out to the sponsor of the podcast, Sharps, the Sharps betting app. If you're not using Sharps, you're missing out. It's one of the best betting apps there is. You can interact with other people. You can share bets. You can post fake, post videos, talk with other gamblers. Phenomenal bet betting app, and it allows you to track your bets. If you're not using it, you're missing out. If you don't have it, the link to it is in the podcast description. Click that link, or just go to it. Use promo code ETOF. 499 that way they know old uncle rico sent you now let's jump into some fantasy football and continue our fantasy football draft with nick aka at naa fantasy on twitter we have reached the part of the podcast we're going to be talking some fantasy football and we're going to be continuing our third round 
of our fantasy football draft. Obviously, there was some big news. DeAndre Swift is with the Eagles. Lions have Gibbs as their running back. Um, you know, some rookie wide receivers. We're gonna next week. We're gonna transcend to more fantasy. Uh, excuse me, dynasty rankings after Nick and I can kind of comprehend where everyone is going and everything after a, a week, a couple weeks to kind of digest. I was at the NFL draft, so I'm a little behind, but we're going to continue this exercise. So let's welcome Nick to the show. Nick, how are you doing my man? Great, Eric. How are you doing today? Doing, doing good. Doing good. You know, we got the Kentucky Derby going. We got the NFL draft. Everything is lining up and it is a great time to be alive. So just to kind of line up, we are in round three. Um, last round, pick 13, it went Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Kenneth Walker, D.K. Metcalf, Bryce Hall, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Amon Rod St. Brown, Travis Etienne, Travis Kelsey snuck into the second round, and then Garrett Wilson. Now we are starting here with the third round. And with the first pick in the third round, I'm doing it. Running back, Dijon Robinson, Atlanta. There you go. Just because I'm looking at it, this team went Jefferson Wilson first two picks. Obviously, this is the this is when they need to draft the running back position. I don't know. I kind of feel though with Dijon that there's going to be the unrealistic comparison to Derrick Henry. That's my one worry with him. So. That's my one worry. We'll kind of have to see because it is an Arthur Smith offense. There is Tyler Azier there. I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's going to be a split carry situation. I may be wrong, but I'll take Bijan Robinson running back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I love Bijan Robinson, Texas running back. But at the same time, you had Algier there who ran for over 1,000 yards last year. They're a run-first offense. And I just feel like they're going to – they may split. The nice thing about Bijan being there, you know, comparisons to Derrick Henry, he's still got, he's got a guy behind him that Derrick Henry never had. (laughs) So I think, I think they'll be able to save him a little bit, but Algier will still take some of the production away. So now next pick belongs to you, my friend, this team has Jonathan Taylor and Travis Kelsey. What direction are you going with? Well, at this point, I got to go with a wide receiver here. Um, so I'm going to pull out the trick out of my hat. I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley. Ooh. Now, maybe slightly forgotten about, but he did sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have some keys. They have some key players, key stars on their offense right now that Ridley's not the only guy on the offense there, which is absolutely amazing for him because in Atlanta, when Julio Jones went away, he was the only guy that, you know, Matt Ryan was, could throw to. And he did not thrive in that situation very much. So I think with Christian Kirk, you've got Etienne in the backfield. I think Calvin Ridley is going to thrive in this offense. And I think getting him in the third round is probably a steal. Um, and the situation. thing you have to remember is with how good Kirk was, I think teams are going to 
go to Kirk. You have Marvin Jones left. There's always abandoned targets. So he's not really going to be eating into anyone's targets. So I absolutely love this pick. I think he's going to be a little bit forgotten with Calvin Ridley going number 26. Number 27, um, we're looking at this team. They want to have Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne as their one-two. So I'm looking at it right now. I could go wide receiver. I could go running back. And I'm going to do a pick, and I may come back to haunt me. (laughs) I am going Najee Harris. Oh, (laughs) I didn't think you'd pull that trigger. (laughs) And the reason is, if you just kind of look, I believe it was week nine and out, he was a top 10 fantasy running back. They drafted the kid from the Steelers, Jones, which obviously is going to improve their offensive line. Tomlin, at the end of the day, is always going to be a run-first offense. So, you know what? I'm going to take Najee Harris at pick 27. Now we're going to pick 28, which is a CMC and Amon Rod St. Brown. Nick, where's your head at here? Oh, man. This is a tough one. Um, You know, you can go... I mean, you've got McCaffrey, who obviously is a top-end running back but has health concerns. You've got Amon Ra St. Brown, who, you know, I've picked to be – I think he's going to be a top-five wide receiver this year. Um, You know, there's still some guys on the board at the running back position that I like. Um, I'm going to go – you know, at this point, I'm going to throw – I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. I mean, at this late in the, you know, in the third round, I think, I think you'd be able to get value out of him here if he's still on the board. I mean, I'm not high on him this year, but I think in the third round, you know, we can, we can take him depending on where, where he ultimately ends up. (laughs) Because like with the wide receivers coming off the board, they'll probably, there'll be a running back that you can get in the fourth round, the wide receiver position. No, sorry. Excuse me. There'll be a wide. I met that vice versa. Like, this pick right here is – my pick is tied to your pick because I was looking at my board right now. I was going to go Josh Jacobs or Jalen Waddle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the, Those are the two guys I was actually looking at so too. Kind of look so. at it like this. You know, you wanted to go get a running back. You know, I, I'll, I'll go two wide receivers just because my next running back. Or I could go, you know, Josh Allen, you know, stretch for a quarterback but I feel yeah. it's a little too early. So I'm going to go Jalen Waddle, and that Waddle's going to – oh, but I'm, actually I take that back. I'm not going to go Jalen Waddle here. Yeah, you're not. Because I have Tyree Kill and Austin Eckler. So I'm going to yep. go down the board a little bit. Oh, God damn it. Am I going to have to take this guy? I'm going to take Ramon Stevenson. Ramondre? Ramondre oh. Stevenson. He's going to be the clear-cut number one. I mean, obviously, I'd like to take a wide receiver here, but I just have to go down. You know, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take this wide receiver one, no, excuse me, running back one, and just kind of go with it, just because there's no real other value on the board at this draft position. Uh, pick thirty, you got Cooper Cup and Joe Mixon. What say you, my friend? Ooh. All right. Well, 
let's see. We're going to go with, oh, man. You know, I got to go with Waddle here. Um, you know, he was my next guy on the board. So I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. Um, you know, he had a he had a great sophomore year, you know, playing number two to Tyree Kill. He still had huge production. I think he had what thir- uh he had thirteen hundred and fifty six yards last year uh, behind behind Tyree Kill. I mean can't really yeah. go wrong with that. Um I I don't think I mean obviously there's questions about Tua, but I think who's ever there, he's still gonna get a lot of targets um, you know, over the middle and everything. So I like I like Jalen Waddle at number thirty. Devontae Adams and Brees Hall on pick number thirty-one. You know what? I'm just gonna go with Mr. Consistency. <laughs> Keenan Allen. He's just always in the top fifteen. That's what he does. That's that's just what he is. Keenan Allen, pick number thirty-one going with Devonte Adams and Bryce Hall. If this plays out, I'm going to have two wide receivers that are top top 15. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of hard to not going in that direction. Um pick 32. This team, I like the build of this. Nick Chubb, DK, DK Metcalf, a little worried though with the draft picks of um, the rookie Cabernet from UCLA and the wide receiver from Ohio State, whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Um, Smith Smith Najigba. Smith Najigba <laughs> is it, my friend, with pick number 32. Who are you going to have join these guys? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, DK's uh, volume might uh, decrease a little bit. You know who I you know who I want to get in there to kind of fill that gap though is I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little Amari Cooper in there. I know you're you're high on Cooper. It's funny because um, I was writing down I was just writing down on my pick Amari Cooper because I thought there was no way you're gonna take. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know I looked into it a little more and I was like, you know what, I like it, and plus, I mean. I got to get that extra extra wide receiver in there with uh, question marks with DK's volume. So, my next one, pick number thirty-four. I was going to go with Amari Cooper to pair with Saquon Barkley and Kenneth Walker the third. <laughs> Again, I'm a little worried about these Seattle people just because we don't know what their yeah. production is going to look like. I'm a little bit concerned about that. But pick thirty-four, I'm going to second-year wideout. He's going to be the wide receiver one, hopefully in the Saints. He should be. Chris Olove with oh, pick my guy. number 33. Now we go to the former Tennessee Titans stars, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. That's kind of funny how that <laughs> yeah. Um, AJ, so interesting here. You know, you could go running back. You could go wide receiver. You know, we still have Kittle and Andrews on the board. Still have Mahomes on the board. Still have Josh Allen on the board. A lot of stuff on the board. Hawkinson, Devontae Smith. I know a lot, lot of options here. I still think I'm not, I'm not at the point to pick a tight end yet. I'm not, obviously I'm not picking Andrews. Um, Hawkinson. I love Hawkinson this year, but I still don't think he's worth the pick number 34. Um, You know, with Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, 
I mean, you've got a solid number one wide receiver, Derrick Henry. I still think will do well this year, um, but I, I'm going to go. I'm still going to go towards a running back because my other my other wide receiver I was looking at was Devonta Smith, which obviously I don't want to have him, you know, with AJ Brown. So, ooh, I got three guys here. Who do I go with? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with. Damian Pierce. You know what's funny? Damn. I started writing down <laughs> Damian Pierce. Just because uh, that's what I felt you were going to pick. Wow. Okay. And and the reason why is because, you know, they obviously got Stroud. He's going to need to work into the offense. He has run running ability, which takes a little pressure off of Pierce, can set him up for more big plays. He was a monster last year. Um, you know, coming out of the gate and, you know, Stroud's just got to get comfortable with that offense. So they're, they're going to want to run the ball a little bit. And I think Pierce is just going to eat. And I think that's actually a good late third round pick. Yeah. I think that's a good pick. They're going to lean on him a little bit. Offensive line is going to be a little bit more improved. Um, My next pick, this team has Debo Samuel and CD lamb. And look, I'm, I got to pick a running back. I'm looking at the board, you know, up North in your neck of the woods, your team, they're going to have to lean on the running back. I feel a little bit with Jordan love starting offensive line should be a little bit better. I'm just going to take Aaron Jones here. at pick, pick, uh, pick number 35. Yeah. My, how Aaron Jones has fallen, <laughs> but I mean, he's still a good running back though. I mean, I know AJ Dillon's eating into his carries a little bit. But, uh, you know, I still think at that late in the third round, I think you got a good good pick there. Now, with the last pick, you know, interesting. There's, God, there's still a lot of people just on the board. I know. It's crazy. Like, there's so many options. Like, this this draft next year is going to be fun. Really fun. And, like, so, so the, here, here's the thing. Now, I, I – I'm completely off of him. I have him. I, I, he's outside my top twenty. Who's outside your top twenty? Well, I'm. Well, I'm gonna you you pick. I'm gonna tell you two backs who are high. <laughs> who are outside my top twenty. All right. So this one, this team's got Tony Pollard and Stefan Diggs. Now, I, th- I'm gonna go another running back here. And I'm between two guys right now. And I, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. All right, I'm going with J.K. Dobbins. I like J.K. Dobbins. The The Ravens run the football like crazy. I know they have Lamar running in the back. But Dobbins, when he was, when he was out there, if he stays healthy, that guy's explosive. And I had him last year. And when he was healthy, he did a great job. So I'm going with J.K. on this one. I like for it. my for the final pick of the third round. <laughs> I like it. I like it. The two running backs, actually, there's probably three that are going to be high on lists that I have a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, Alvin Kamara. <sighs> yeah. 
I mean, you know, still doesn't have a thousand yard season, you know, really hit or miss new quarterback coming in. DeAndre Swift injury concerns. Yep. And let, and um, I just don't know. And they just signed Rashad Penny. I don't know what's going to happen with that backfield situation. And then I don't know what's going to go on with Buffalo with mm-hmm. my boy, James. Yeah, because they have Damian, Damian Harris, right? Harris, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. And then also on top of that, you got my boy, Javante Williams, coming back from major leg injury. Yep. I, it's just – there's, and I want nothing to do with Delvin Cook. No, because there's there's just a lot a lot of question marks at the running back position, but it should be it should be an interesting thing. You know, I'm really looking forward to the and to the fantasy football draft next week. What Nick and I are going to do, we're going to dive into fantasy rankings a little bit more. And fantasy rankings, of course, when you're in a fantasy league, you're looking at the longevity of a player. So hypothetically, someone like a Jordan Addison, people are going to have a little bit higher than Avante Adams just because he's going to be playing longer. So we're going to talk about the fantasy rankings of the rookie class. So it's just going to be the rookie class. We will go through and Nick and I will reveal our top 10 for fantasy football dynasty leagues rankings. Nick, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend. You can find me at NAA fantasy on Twitter. You know what? Really looking forward to this season. We'll talk next week, my friend. Sounds good. Please give my boy Nick a follow at NAA Fantasy on Twitter. Now, Nick and I have plenty of stuff going on. A lot of stuff prepared to hop right in to the football season. You know, live shows, interactive shows. So if you are missing out, you are missing the boat. So please make sure to give my boy a follow at NAA Fantasy. Now, let's shift our attention over to some UFC and the sexiest man on the internet, Kyle, the DFS Bachelor, is coming on to talk some UFC 288. We've reached the part of the podcast where we're talking UFC 288 and who better to come on than the man, the myth, the sexiest man on Mm. Twitter. My boy, Mm. Kyle, the DFS Bachelor. Kyle, how you doing today, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's a good card this weekend, too, right? Like, Cejudo coming back after three years. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't have a play on this fight because I don't know what will happen, but Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad, that's a great fight. Uh, even the Andraj, Yao Jianan, that's a good – I mean, there's a lot of good fights on this card. I thought it was a tough card to bet, personally, a oh, lot yeah. of spots where, like, it's probably not the easiest betting spot. But there's a couple spots here where I think there's some value, so I'm looking forward to it. Of course, I'll be watching and drinking. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Do you feel whoever wins the Gilbert, if Gilbert wins, do you feel he gets a title shot? I mean, it's not Kamaru Usman anymore, so that's good because we saw what Usman did to him. I think the winner of this fight should get a title shot. It's really tough in that division, though. You have Colby, who's going to get one. So after that Colby fight happens, the division's real top-heavy, but it's really hard to imagine that after the winner of this fight doesn't, doesn't get one, it's tough because Gilbert Burns is so good and so explosive, and he's an excellent submission artist. Bilal Muhammad's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, does everything well, but he's got the cardio of a monster. Gilbert Burns fades late. So that one, you know, I don't have a play on that. I'd be live. That's a live betting spot in my view, especially if you're backing Bilal Muhammad. 
it is a five-round fight, even though it's a non-title fight. They did make it five-round co-main event. So keep an eye on that fight because Bilal Muhammad's got cardio for days. The Burns boys, especially his better brother Humberto, but Gilbert himself has some cardio issues. So if that's close, maybe it's 1-1 going into round three or 2-1 Burns going into four and you see him gassing, that might be a nice time to live bet Bilal Muhammad. Because it seems to me, like, I was I was doing my notes today and, I like, it comes up. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we just talked about Burns fighting, like, a month ago. Like, mm-hmm. you feel like with his cardio issues – that could be a problem in this fight. I mean, it might help him. Honestly, it keeps him in shape. And so he went through a camp and then he's right back to working at in camp. So it's something that could help him. Uh, I know one thing, you're not going to see Bilal Muhammad tire, but like who's better on the ground, probably Gilbert Burns. Who's the better striker. Who's Gilbert Burns. But Bilal is a little bit good at everything, which makes him interesting in that cardio. He's going to keep pressing forward. Gilbert Burns is a guy who, if you saw in the Usman fight when he really struggles, Usman put him on his back foot. If Bilal Muhammad is able to do that to him, could be interesting. But but again, I worry about the cardio of Gilbert Burns, which could make it the live betting spot for Bilal. So how this works for everyone listening or watching, Kyle and I each have two bets. We're going to alternate. We're going to tell why. Kyle is the guest. I'm going to let Kyle kick it off. Kyle, what is your first bet on the card? Uh, I'm going to take Devin Clark. I'm going to take an underdog here with the first pick over Kennedy and Jack Wu. I'm going to take him by decision at plus 300. I don't think he knocks out Kennedy and Jack Wu, and, and Kennedy's going to be the taller man, the bigger guy. But Devin Clark is one of those kind of guys, if you look back to Kennedy's last decision loss against Negamaranu last March, that's the kind of fight you're going to see out of Devin Clark. Good veteran. He's going to kind of tie up Kennedy. He's not going to allow him to get that big power shot off. We know that that's what he's looking for is the early knockout. I think this is going to be more of a grinded out fight. I like Devin Clark a little bit better on the ground. I think he can grind him up against the cage after he survived those early rounds from Kennedy. He does have some third round knockouts on his record, but I think Devin Clark's able to sustain this for three, four rounds, pull a couple of rounds out. Not a high volume guy as Kennedy and Jack, but neither guy is. When you just look at it overall, the way that I expect Devin Clark to fight this, I think he'll have the volume certainly in the clinch and on the ground. But there's one fight where Kennedy had five takedowns. makes absolutely no sense. But other than that, he's not really great on his – and we haven't really seen him bail, been able to get up. So I think both guys hang in there. Devin Clark, the veteran, he's an underdog here. It's a little bit of an underdog play, but I just don't think Kennedy can sustain the volume for three rounds. Devin Clark can. I took him three to one to win by decision. I like that a lot. And one of the things I really feel Kyle's good at is when he looks at a fight and he sees the fighter, he sees their path to winning. Right. And that's – that's what he's doing right here. He sees, like, if Clark's going to win this, it is going to be by decision. Why not we get a little bit of a better odds going on Clark? Because that's pretty much going to be his only way he's going to win. So yeah. I absolutely love that play a lot. Kyle knows me. Anytime there is a women's MMA yeah. fight. You know, I'm- I almost did this fight, and I was like, he's going to pick this one no matter what. So I'm not even going to mess with the Marina fight I'm not gonna that up. is where i'm going give me rodriguez by decision plus 150 she's won she's done well with grapplers and to me this is citing, setting up a lot like the mckenzie dern fight rodriguez will be able to keep this standing stop the takedown attempts and she's going to do good enough with her stand-up and muri Thai to get the decision to her, to get the decision victory keep this fight standing i I just don't see how she loses this fight. So I absolutely love my girl, who's a sneaky Instagram follow, Maria Rodriguez, 
at decision plus 150. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. If you look, Verna Jandaroba, such a low output, low volume fighter. She's only landed more than 50 significant strikes in a UFC fight one time. You take a look at Marina Rodriguez. Look at her last four. Now she knocked it. She was knocked out by Amanda Lemos. She has a bad matchup for Amanda Lemos. She's pretty good. There's no, there's no shame in losing to Lemos. But in her four wins prior to that, 72 significant strikes in the decision, uh, three-round decision win. 144 against Mackenzie Dern, who is a ground specialist. It's an amazing yeah. performance. And against Michelle Watterson Gomez, 125 significant strikes. You can see the volume advantage there. I think the uh, Marina by uh, decision makes a ton of sense. Now, next fight, Kyle, where are you going, my man? Let's go to the main event. And there's a lot of intrigue here. Henry Cejudo, former two-division champion, making his return after three full years off. Aljamain Sterling's been on a massive hot streak. Really, his only loss since 2017. It wasn't a loss. It was counted a win. He had that DQ a situation with Peter Young when Peter Young was clearly winning that fight, but he was, he was granted the win because of DQ, but he hasn't lost a fight since 2017. I think he has the speed advantage on the outside. I think he's a better grappler. Henry Cejudo is a good wrestler, but he's not great at keeping people down. I think that Al Germain can get up from Cejudo's takedowns much better than will Cejudo. A lot of unknowns. How does he look after three years off? Aljamain's the slight dog here. You can get him at plus 100 for the overall fight. He's the current champion. He's been fighting every week. He's got the speed advantage. I think the grappling advantage, certainly the submission game advantage. The thing you, you worry about, and it's a lot like Gilbert Burns, Aljamain Sterling tends to gas later in rounds. So if you are a Henry Cejudo backer, I would not bet this. Or I would not bet minus 120, minus 110 on a guy making his return after three years fighting the current champion. But if this is 2-1 after three rounds, you start getting to those championship rounds in the fourth and fifth round, and Aljamain looks like he's tiring. That's when you live bet Henry Cejudo at a better price. I expect Aljamain to win the first three rounds, the early rounds, have that advantage, gas a little bit, and, and carry it to a decision here. I don't think either one puts the guy away. The only thing you worry about is if Cejudo just has nothing left after three years off and Aljamain puts him away. But if both these guys are in top shape and going, I, I see it going to decision. A good greasy fight, but I think Aljamain wins it by decision plus two twenty-five. I mean, three years, dude. Mm -hmm. Three full I years. Fought Dominic Cruz May 9th in twenty and twenty twenty. I mean, that's a long time, man. And my my one question to you is this: is You know, I don't, the question really is why did Cejudo retire in the first place and why is he coming back after three years, yeah. right? Did, did he retire because he just felt like, hey, I've wiped out everybody in these divisions? No, that wasn't the case. Did he feel, he, you know, did he was he financially secure or just didn't want to fight anymore and now he needs the money so he's coming back? Or is it, yeah. you know, it, there, there's a lot of weird things. There are a lot of unknowns to bet Cejudo preflop. Cejudo's a guy I want to bet after after those uh, first three cards flop out in those first three rounds, then I'll look at Cejudo if it's close and Aljamain appears to be gassing, which he does. We saw him tiring out badly in that first fight against Peter Jan when the, when the DQ happened. Uh, we saw him fit in the second fight. Every judge gave the last two rounds to Peter Peter yeah. Jan, but he won the first three. So he does have trouble closing fights, you know, and can, keeping up the pace. We'll see if he's a little bit more measured, but Henry Cejudo certainly live. Um, in the live betting markets, but Aljamain Sterling preflop for me, 225 by decisions way to go. I love that because I'm just look because when I think Sterling, I don't think knockout artist. I know he knocked no. out 
TJ Dillashaw in his last uh, fight. And that one, you, you, TJ Dillashaw was going down to a weight class he's never fought at. It was way too small. The weight cut was very, very difficult. So you weren't getting the full version of TJ, TJ Dillashaw in that fight. So I don't think he's going to be able to knock out Henry. And I don't think because of the wrestling pedigree, he's going to be able to do anything on the ground and get him in like a rear naked choke or anything. So, I mean, like, like you and I, I think it can smother him longer. I think he'll be able to smother him longer, but yeah. So Hudo should be safe from the submission game. Like this really should be speed out pointing him on the feet and able to hold him down longer on the ground, which I think he will do. So Hudo's not great. So a smaller guy and he's not great at keeping people down. Uh, For example, let me, let me pull it up. So I get the numbers. Uh, absolutely right but let's let's take a fight like uh where he beat demetrius johnson in a five round uh he only had five minutes of control time three takedowns so it's not like he was completely dominating on the ground uh when he took when he beat tj dillashaw he took him down once didn't even hold him down for a single second uh dominant cruz in his last fight his second round tko he had one takedown 14 seconds of control time so you could see guys are able to get up the last guy he really held down and kept him there was way back in 2017 was anthony pettis but, I mean, you look at the fight even before that against Reese, two takedowns, minute 45. Takedown against Benavidez, 13 seconds. So this guy is not smothering you and keeping you down. Now you look at Aljamain, five takedowns against Dillashaw, seven minutes of control time. Two takedowns against Peter Yan, nine and a half minutes of control time. And the first fight against Peter Yan, one takedown, three and a half minutes of control time. So you can see he's much better at keeping the fight where he wants it than Cejudo is. And I think that's the difference here. That's what gives them the decision win at plus 225. I like it. I mean, honestly, that was one of the bets I was seriously looking at is locking this one in at the decision because I feel that's going to be his only path to get the win. My last bet, I'm going to the main card, actually. No surprise. Mm. Andrade decision mm. plus 210. I really feel this is going to be a fun women's fight. And just because... She literally has no head movement. She pushes straight forward and her head just stays there and she walks down her opponent. Um, but I think the key thing is, is she's moving down to draw weight, which I think is more of a better class that's going to fit her style. She's going to be a lot more powerful. Um, and Yan's going to want to keep this fight standing. I just feel that Andrade is a better stand up fighter more power but i don't think she's going to knock her out because we never see any of these knockouts in women's mma i think the decision is her only pass so i am seeing decision plus 210 and that that is my fourth bet my friend i think it makes sense uh look jessica and Josh, her knockout numbers get uh they always get ballooned because of that you know that slam knockout of rose nama Yunus a few years back but it's she is a volume puncher. Now, listen, that last fight against Aaron Blanchfield, she looked terrible. She should have won that fight. Uh, apparently, there was a really bad camp, and there was a lot of things going on. She's she's better for this one. So she is the all-around better fighter here. I agree, women's MMA you almost always take it to decision. You worry about those arm bars from guard and sort of things. But for the most part, you know, they're, they're smaller ladies. It's not like they're packing the punch of Francis Nagano, so they're just not knocking each other out. Uh, I like Jessica Andrade in the spot. I think that's a good play. I like it too. Kyle, if you parlay our four picks together, and I'm not telling people to do it, but if you mm-hmm. throw 10 bucks on it, you're getting over $1,000. So I'm just saying, for wait, people what? Watch, if you put our four bets together, and you oh, by decision, play, by decision, okay. Yeah, by decision, by decision, you put a $10 parlay, you're getting back $1,047.88. 
eight. Well, seven. I'm going to, I'm going to do that as soon as we're done here. So and just to let people know, my boy, Kyle, he does phenomenal work for bet us. And the thing I like about Kyle is he wins and he doesn't feel he needs to tout it out to everybody on Twitter. This guy, what was it? 21 and three, 20, yeah. and eight, like, tw- like, like, yeah. Some absolutely absurd thing are the MLB. I've come back to earth a little bit this week. It's been a tough week, man. But uh, yeah, it was a nice run. But it's, but but, I mean, that's the thing, dude. You know, we want 55 to 60%. You're due for a little bit of regression. It happens. But I mean, with how good you started the season, you are well ahead of the curve. So make sure you check that out. It's daily at noon Eastern on BetUS's YouTube channel. And then also daily. He's putting out DFS and betting stuff on his YouTube channel, which is the DFS Bachelor. So make sure to give that out and hit the subscribe. Kyle, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, uh, you know, we can make this a regular thing when there's a pay-per-view. You stop by and we talk a little bit, my man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm putting that bet in right now, but I'm probably going to steam it up. Probably going to throw like 40. Let's go for like four grand or something. I, I don't <laughs> know if I want to. I want, I want a little bit more meat on the bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sounds good, my man. We'll talk soon, buddy. Make sure everyone gives my boy Kyle a follow, and we'll uh, be back for UFC 289. Please give my boy Kyle a follow at the DFS Bachelor. If you're not following his YouTube channel, you're missing out. Guy gives in-depth analysis who to be knocking in for DFS. And honestly, if you're not watching his BetUS show, I guess you just don't like money because he is printing money over at BetUS. So make sure you give Kyle a follow and give BetUS a follow for my boy Kyle. Now we're going to close the podcast with who better hot off his vacation from Mexico. The man, the myth, the legend, Boston boy, 83, AKA Brandon. After a week sabbatical, we are back. I was on vacation last week. I was at the NFL draft. Brandon was in Mexico, but we're here to talk not about our vacations, about some NASCAR. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Good. We come back from both vacations, and uh, you hit Mr. Truex last week. So let's see if we can go back to back. It's always good getting a win. Um, you know, we've we've been hitting some top tens. We've been making money slowly but surely. Hopefully, you know, Truex at that price, eleven to one, was pretty good. Um, you know, I have a couple prices I like today, but it's it's Kansas. Kansas to me is a little bit of a different track. Tell me what. Tell me what you think about Kansas. It the lines change drastically. The tire wear is different. You got the apron on the front stretch. Guys like to use. Guys don't like to use. And every year at Kansas, there always seems to be controversy. Somebody wrecks somebody. Somebody pushes them in the wall. So you're gonna have high line, middle, low. You're gonna see a lot of mixture of racing, a lot of different speeds at different times. And I think with this arrow package, it is gonna be another track that's hard to pass but you might see some more strategy come in towards the end when it comes to pitting. So I think you're going to get a whole mixed bag of kind of super speedway, kind of mile and a half. Like it's going to be a little bit of both. I don't like this track at all. I'm going to say it. I don't like this track. Don't mean to be a hater, but I do not like this track at all, but I'm here to bet it. I found Three bets I like. Brando's got four bets he likes. So, of course, I'm going to let Brandon kick it off. So, I'm going to start off. I'm going to ride my guy. Since he's back, he's going to need a win. Chase Elliott. As long as these odds stay where they are at 14 to 1, you have Chase Elliott at Kansas. Not looking at track history. Not looking at anything. I'm looking at the need and the hunger to have to win one or two races to be able to get into the playoffs. 
Yep. So at 14 to one, I'm grabbing Chase. We talked last year and the year before, eight to one, seven to one, nine to one sometimes max. These races that he's going to be sitting anywhere above the 10 to one, I'm grabbing them and locking them in before qualifying. So 14 to one, my boy Chase is going to be my first pick. I absolutely love that. He does need to get, like, as you said, off the schneid. Yep. If he will, needs to get that W. I think this would be a great time for him to get it done. Um, My first pick, and I'm just going to go back to the well. I'll just take Truex plus 900. He won last week. Looking back since 2020, he's got the best average finish of active drivers since 2017. Has had a top 10 finish in all but one race here at Kansas. And fun fact. Fun fact, last time he went back-to-back, guess how many days there were between a race? Six. Six, and there's six days six days between this time. Maybe stuff just works out for a reason. I'll take Truex plus 900. Running good and historical data at this track. Back me up. You hit that data. I'll, I'll roll with that data solely because his brother got his first ever Xfinity win last Saturday, and then he wins on Monday. The family's going to keep rolling. So I, I'll, I'll give you that pick. I'm going to stay away from track history unless you have facts on it, but I'm going right back to the man that is due for one and been due for one and had a good run last week, Mr. Ryan Blaney at 16 to one. It's another guy that odds are usually not that high and he's due for one. I know we've done this before with certain drivers, like he'll get one, he'll get one. The man's been consistent, runs up front and has to get that monkey off of his back. Ryan Blaney, 16 to one. Now, how can I word this? We've done this before, like you said. But, I mean, like, when – because I almost did him too, but my point is this, is like, when do we get it where it's just like, you know what, he just can't win. This just isn't his year. It's not – if he didn't goose egg it last year, I'd be with you on that. But since he goose egged it last year and he's in a Penske car and he's running top five leading laps and has opportunities for wins. Caution came out late last week. I think it screwed him in the long run. He was second at the time. I believe Truex took the high line. He just, he, he couldn't finish. So I don't want to say don't bet on the man cause he can't finish. But if you have a guy with odds at 16 to one, and he's yeah. running top five weekly. Like your yeah. normal, your normal top five running guys are Kyle Bush at eight to one, six to one. This man's a top five at 16 to one. So I'm rocking him. Yeah, that is that is a little steep. Um, my next one, I took Tyler Reddick plus eight hundred. Look, I know he finished 35 here last year, but he did lead 38 laps before he got wrecked. And the 23 XL team, Bush and Bubba won the two Kansas races. So I got a team that does really well here. I got a driver, excuse me, that has been nails to start this season. So to me, this just makes sense. I'm going to take Reddick. I think he's going to get a little overlooked. I, I love Reddick. I love that eight to one price. You also have a guy that's driving the same car that led 116 laps last year and got the win and behind the wheel was Kurt Busch. Yep. So I really like that pick a lot. My next two picks, they're going to seem like long shots and lock these in before qualifying, period. I'm going Austin Sindrick, 100-1. to He finished 11th last year. 
he the way he gets a win because he won Daytona last year, didn't win again, wasn't anything in the playoffs. You're going to need some luck. You're going to need some strategy, possibly a late caution to where he has tires. Like you're going to need something to happen. Yeah. Without a hundred to one, another uh, Penske car, I, I can't not do it. Like he doesn't have the track record at any track, no pun intended, to speak on his value. But a hundred to one, finish eleventh, Penske car. I'm going two Penske picks back to back and grabbing uh, Austin Cindric a hundred to one. I absolutely love that. I love that a lot. Um, my last one, I'm going back to these top 10s. I've really liked these top 10 bets, something I'm going to let just continue to start doing. Um, I took Kozlowski, top 10, plus 160. Eighth best average finish here. Three top 10s, last six races. Six top 10s this season. Back-to-back top 10s this year. Last 34 races on an immediate track. 18 top 10s seventh best average finish at intermediate track he's just he's running well it kind of seems like the first year i felt like he didn't have the balance between racer and owner now i kind of feel this season he has a good balance between the race racer and the owner so i kind of like the direction him and the team is going i'm going to take him at plus 160 for a top 10 okay I am going to add another long shot at 125 to one. He somehow either finds a way to win one race or sneaks into the playoffs. Eric Almarola is saying at 125 to one. Again, not going off a of track history. I'm strictly going seeing these. I want to call him a mid tier driver at that big of an odd. You know me. I like these long shots with giant odds that just don't make sense to me. We've seen them at 30 to 1, 50 to 1, maybe 60, but seeing them sitting at 125, Vegas doesn't like it. I like it. I want to take Vegas's money when they make a mistake, and I think there's a possibility that that man can pull it off in Kansas with odds of 125 to 1. I like that. I'll throw a little bit on that. There you have it. Those are our seven bets we've been kicking ass so hopefully you guys start following and watching these videos like subscribe to the youtube channel give my boy brandon a follow at boston boy 83 and we'll be back next week next week they are at arlington Arlington. so you put me you put me on the spot saying you want to start seeing top tens from me I'm going to go A.J. Almendinger at plus 450 to 1 for a top 10. There you go. There's my quick throw out. I like that one a lot. These top 10s, I love them. They're like my LaJoy plus 400 that we're constantly getting. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Make sure you give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Next week's Darlington. Let's make some money in Kansas this week, my friend. Back to back. Let's go. That's it for today's podcast. I would like to thank this week's guest Gino talking Kentucky Derby, Jim talking USFL, Nick talking fantasy football, Kyle talking some UFC 288, and Brandon talking some NASCAR. Make sure to give those guys a follow. As always, I'd like to thank the sponsor of the show, the Sharps Betting app. Make sure to check that out. Use promo code ETOF, E-T-O-F, 499. Thanks for tuning in. Let's make some money. And the ETOF 21 Sports Show will be back live on YouTube and Twitch this.
Tuesday night. Plus, breaking news, my boy and David's new MLB show is going to start tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central. Make sure to set those alarms for that. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls.